0: Hey, 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 welcome to the Ritz Report. It is Alex Ritz. Today is February 8th, 2022. And thank you for taking the time to join me on today's podcast. How we doing out there, folks? Everybody had a nice weekend, a nice weekend. I spent the time in Florida. I'm actually still in Florida, lovely, lovely Florida, where it's warm and sunny. And the freedom is great. After living in New York City and Connecticut, the escaping to Florida is going from... East to West Berlin. (laughs) And I wonder, I do wonder about the folks up in New York. Like, Are you literally just going to give away your freedom a little bit at a time for some sense of safety that the government can't promise you anyway? And you're just going to continue to live that way to where you have to Present your papers wherever you go. Here's my vax card. Here's my booster card. Here, look, look, I'm good. I'm good. I'm one of the good people. Here's my mask. It's crazy. Crazy. It drives me crazy that I have to leave the city that I once loved. I love New York City. Love it. And I have to leave the city because they are so insane that they make it unlivable. They make it unlivable. And they think they're the good people. They think they're the good people on the right side of history. Those who are shunning people because they won't do something are never really on the right side of history. Those that are censoring, those that are demanding people do things that are morally offensive are never on the right side of history. It is amazing what this two-year experiment has shown us about our fellow citizens. It certainly is, but I'm getting on a rant here, aren't I? send me, let's do the intro, send me notes of adoration and love or pure hatred to ritz at ritzreport.com, ritz at ritzreport.com, the old email, I like that way, that's my favorite, or you can check me on the socials at ritzreport on Twitter, getter, and the gram. I am on all three. So, folks talking about masking and insanity as it relates to COVID. Let's kick off the show today with what's going on around the country, especially here in the Northeast or in the Northeast. I'm in Florida now, but in the Northeast in regarding to mask mandates for kids in schools. We never should have done this. Kids never should have had to wear masks in schools around the globe. Everybody has recognized that kids wearing masks in school is bad, is bad i mean, standing in the elevator the other day with my wife and a young lady comes in and she has her son and he's probably, I don't know, two. If we were all wearing masks, we ha- my wife and I had an interaction with this child where the kid's laughing and we're sort of like waving at him. If all of us were wearing masks, none of that interaction would have happened. And I know, ah, Ritz, what, what, are, you, what are you talking about? Some kid in an elevator. What I'm talking about is we as human beings, when we are young, and when we interact with adults it's how we learn it's how the it shapes the person that we become the ability to communicate through facial expressions and i i find this myself so i have a bit of tinnitus in my ears where i have a ringing in my ears i have a really difficult time in restaurants and in places that are noisy picking out what people are saying and it's incredibly difficult where you have a server or a waiter or waitress and they're wearing a mask and I can't hear them and you don't realize how much you depend on reading people's lips to know what they're saying. And as somebody who is a little hard of hearing in noisy places, I find I can't hear anything that they're saying. I went to a sushi place this, a few days ago with my wife down here and I every time the waitress left the table, I said to my wife, what did she say? I can hear her I can hear her voice, but because I can't see her mouth moving, I can't put the words together. And I'm an adult, right? Now think about all of these little kids who have been forced through this horrible experience to put this mask on their face, which is why we're seeing all of these students who are having delays in their verbal ability. And we are going to see fallout for this nonsense for years to come. Some of the politicians, finally, I think, are, they're not changing course because they think it's the right thing to do. They're changing course because they look at the calendar and they realize that election time is coming. So morally, they're bankrupt. They still don't actually recognize what they're doing to these children is just plain wrong, that it's child abuse, that if you made your kids sit outside in 30 degree weather on a bucket to eat their lunch before the pandemic, people would be like, what the hell are you doing? Why do you have a child sitting outside in the cold? But now, we have state-sponsored child abuse with adults cheering it. Cheering it. And now, I'm sure that everybody has seen this picture of Stacey Abrams. She's 48, 49 years old, something like that. She's clearly obese. She's sitting on the floor in this classroom full of children who are masked. And she is unmasked. She's the only one in that room at any significant risk of covid The only one. Yet these people cannot get past their desire to virtue signal that they are on the right side and that they will go down as history as a good person. I disagree. These people are the opposite of that. They're morally bankrupt, they have no critical thinking ability to actually look at the data. And look around the world and see what's happening in other countries and say, okay, we're two years in. We've run the experiment on a number of things. There are a number of things that we now have a lot of data about that we didn't have initially. We can make very clear calls as to what we should do based on the data. I said it last week masking mass mandates in New York versus New Jersey, which didn't have mass mandates you take a graph of the two states in regards to infection rate and hospitalization, they are almost identical. Identical. So looking at that, and then you have Kathy Hochul, deer in the headlight, stupid Kathy Hochul, who somehow managed to be worse than Cuomo. She comes out and says she doesn't know what she's going to do in regard to masking. So if we look at the other states in, in the uh, region, in the Northeast, Right, you have Connecticut, who has now come out and says they're they're gonna drop mask mandates for kids in schools on February 28th. So that's good. That's good. Delaware has said February 14th. So I'm recording this on February 8th. Oregon has said March 31st. And New Jersey has said March 7th. I, I have a question for all of the governors in each of these states. If you're dropping it especially Delaware, the 14th, like today is the eighth. How about you drop it now? How about you don't make these kids go through one more day of having to put the stupid cloth mask over their face and breathe their CO2 for hours at a time? Why don't you drop it today? Why don't you have some kind of backbone? The level of cowardice with these people who are supposed to be in charge is awe-inspiring. They are cowards like I have never seen. Connecticut, February 28th. Why February 28th? For what purpose? What, we're going to do this to three, three more weeks to children. For what reason? Oregon, March 31st. All right, like, are you kidding me? The end of next month. You're going to wait almost eight weeks to take these kids out of masks. And then there's New York. Governor Kathy Hochul, the genius, the genius who never got elected, who worked for a guy who couldn't keep his hands to himself. So because he had to resign, which now he claims he's sorry he did resign, and he's going to try to make a comeback. We'll talk about that some other time. But she took over for this loser, Cuomo, and she has has been an utter disgrace. And just dumb. Just, Just dumb. How we get so many stupid people in public office is beyond me. Is it because the smart people don't want to have... They don't want to have the anal inspection that the media is going to give them. So they're like, you know what? I can't be bothered with running for office. I can't be bothered with trying to deal with all of this stuff because of what the media is going to do to them. So we end up with these people like Kathy Hochul. My God. My God. Hochul said Monday, yesterday, it was premature to say, this is from the New York Post, it was premature to say whether she'd follow Murphy's lead, uh, Murphy's the governor of New Jersey, when asked about his announcement during an unrelated news conference in Ulster County. Quote, she said, we're hoping to get to that. I've said that for weeks. That's our goal. This is Kathy Hochul speaking, but I'm going to continue looking at the metrics and I'm optimistic that we're trending in that direction, but I still need time and I'm assessing. You still need time and you're assessing. You have two years of data. You have data from around the world that shows kids in school with no mask is totally fine, but somehow Kathy Hochul, Kathy Hochul, who probably can't balance a checkbook, is still assessing the data. After Hochul said she wanted to see more children vaccinated, she was asked if there was a particular threshold that needed to be crossed. Quote, she said, I'd like to see it higher than 34%, which is what we're looking at now in the kids 5 through 11-year-olds. I think, uh, I mean, I know we can do better than that. And again, the older siblings were at about 80% from the 12 to 17 17 year olds. Let's get those young kids vaccinated, she said. Now, for those of you who don't know, Kathy Hochul wears a necklace that says vaxxed. She is a true believer. I wouldn't be surprised if she has Moderna and Pfizer and J&J tattoos on her body somewhere. She is a true believer. She is a very dangerous, stupid person, but she's a true believer. I do wonder, I do wonder, these quote-unquote vaccines were not tested for very long. We didn't have randomized controlled trials for years. These were done within a year where it normally takes 10 years to create a vaccine They were done within a year. There's never been a successful... This is what I... Do These people know this. There's never been a successful vaccine for a coronavirus ever in the history of man, ever. And the reason there has never been one is because every time they tried to create one, it ended up in the camp of ADE, antibody-dependent enhancement. ADE, which is what some people now believe we're starting to see in Israel. ADE is a phenomenon by which getting the vaccine actually makes you more prone to becoming infected. And when you do become infected, you actually are, the sickness is more severe. So the reason there's never been a coronavirus vaccine is because every time they tested it, it killed all of the hosts after those people were re-exposed to the original infection or a variant of the original inspe- infection. Pfizer even made note of this in their trial notes that this was a concern. But of course, nobody, bo- nobody bothers to read that. That's completely unimportant. We, we have no reason to actually go to Pfizer's data and look at it. And we talked about it before on the show, where it shows, it shows, Pfizer's own data shows that the absolute efficacy of their vaccine was less than 1%. But through spin and through relative risk reduction and all this other nonsense, they were out there spouting Dr. Fauci. Oh, Alex, Dr. Fauci here. You know, the Pfizer vaccine, when it first came out, I said that it was 98% efficacious as long as you weren't spewing droplets throughout. 98%. Oh, a month later, I had to drop it down to 94. Then we went to 80. Then it was 70, 65, whatever. Whatever. Don't get wrapped up in the details and certainly don't look at my bank account and don't look at where any of the money I make comes from. So nobody wanted to look at Pfizer's information, but that's the reason that there's never been, that there's never been a coronavirus vaccine because it kills the people who get it. Kills the people who get it. Steve Kirsch, who is a technology entrepreneur, who has been maligned, run down. His name has been run through the mud. They've tried to paint him as an anti-vax lunatic. He has been vaccinated with the Moderna vaccine. His children, all of his daughters have been vaccinated with the Moderna vaccine. And all he is doing is observing and calling out what he observes. He was on the Dark Horse podcast a year ago, maybe. Uh, Look it up if you want to see it, Brett Weinstein's Dark Horse podcast, where they were discussing the efficacy of ivermectin and fluvoxamine and some other drugs that could be applied in early treatment of COVID. So Steve Kirsch has a substack where he writes a number of articles daily. He seems to have a flurry of stuff at night. (laughs) So I think he works all day and then during the nighttime, he like produces, you know, three, four, five emails a day with information about different things related to COVID. He got wind of a funeral director in Alabama. And the funeral director in Alabama says that he is seeing a large number of dead bodies. He's an embalmer. So he has to remove the blood from the bodies if they're not being cremated. He is seeing huge numbers of people that have had these really, really strange blood clotting issues that are coming out when he's he's flushing the blood. To the point where he's never seen anything actually like this before. And he writes in his email here, he writes, quote, 15 embalmers are all seeing odd fatal clotting in people that first started in 2021. As many as 65% of the cases that are coming through getting embalmed are affected like this. Just like the DMED data, this evidence is being totally ignored by the mainstream press and medical community, as well as the CDC and HHS. So the DMED data was from... Uh, Senator Johnson's roundtable where he had uh, some DOD whistleblowers who came out with data about extreme rises uh, of of adverse events related to vaccines in military personnel over the last year. That's what the DMED data is. The only Back to Steve Kirsch's piece, the only explanation that fits the facts is that the vaccines are killing Americans in massive numbers, and they should be immediately halted. And he writes, meet Richard Hirschman, an embalmer in Alabama with over 20 years experience. He's a funeral director who spotted really strange clots in dead people after the vaccines rolled out. He was interviewed by Jane Ruby on another podcast, and that received nearly 800,000 views on Rumble. So Kirsch says here that he was introduced to Richard via one of his contacts. Richard has been, been embalming people for 20 years. But Richard reveals that there's about 65% of the cases that he sees that have this clotting phenomenon. So my question to Kathy Holcomb would be, shouldn't that give you pause? Shouldn't it even, shouldn't you just maybe take a stutter step in your, your religious zeal to get anybody who's over five years old vaccinated with one of these experimental vaccines. Shouldn't that give you just a second of pause where you self-reflect and think to yourself, hmm, fastest vaccine ever created in history, never been another coronavirus vaccine in the history of man because every time it's been tried, it kills all the hosts, definitely have crazy adverse event signals out of the VAERS database definitely have crazy adverse event signals out of the yellow card system in the UK. Shouldn't we pause perhaps and reflect if we're supposed to be serious people, if we're supposed to be politicians that are really concerned about public health, shouldn't we pause? Don't we have an obligation to pause to say, Hey, you know what? There's something going on here and we should investigate what it is. But no, when you are a true believer, when you are a true believer You do not pause when you wear a vaccine necklace and you ask people to go forth and be your apostles in the fight to get people vaccinated. You're nuts. You're nuts. And you certainly should not be in control of anything. Certainly not one of the largest states in the union. That's for sure. But there we have. Kathy Hochul. Moving on. Canadian truckers. So the Canadian truckers are, they're making some headway up there. These people are awesome. They're awesome. They are, they are doing in Canada what I can't believe we didn't do here in the United States. Like I had said on a previous podcast, like it really makes you think, it really makes you sit down and reflect and think about your fellow countrymen and the, the, what you thought of them before this entire thing started and what you think of them now. Especially as a guy living in New York City, like, I don't even know what to think at this point. I really don't. The, the people have lost it. They've lost it. They refuse to hear data. They refuse to hear reason. They refuse to hear any sort of narrative that goes against what it, what it, whatever it is that they are pushing. It's crazy. So the truckers are up there and they're they're having some effect. It turns out today I'm reading in the paper that even the police, the Ottawa police are either threatening to resign or they're just saying, you know what? We are not going to impose these draconian efforts to restrict whatever it is these truckers are doing because they're not doing anything. They're not doing anything. They're they're allowing emergency personnel and and vehicles through. They're not blocking the roadways in such a way That they're preventing, you know, people who are injured from getting to the hospital. They're feeding the homeless people. The homeless people up there are saying, we don't know what we're going to do when the truckers leave. They set up bouncy castles and they have the kids playing. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And you talk to the people that are actually there on the ground and they say it is a, it is a sense of pride in Canada. It is a sense that these people just want to go back to their lives before all of this madness. And they're considered the ones that are crazy, which is insane. Think about that. They just want to go back to their lives. They just want to be left alone. They want to go back to work. They want to drive their trucks, do their routes, go home to their family and live quietly. That's all they want. They're not asking for something radical. They're not asking for something dangerous. They're not doing something that's totally outside of the norm. But yet Justin Trudeau can't get out of his own way. He cannot get out of his own way. They've been there for almost two weeks now. He's still in hiding. He won't come out and actually talk to them. When he does speak about them, he insults them. So, yesterday, the 7th, he tweeted Canadians have the right to protest, to disagree with their government, and to make their voices heard. We'll always protect that right. But let's be clear they don't have the right to blockade our economy or destroy our democracy, or our fellow citizens' daily lives. It has to stop. So now you have to wonder to yourself, if you thought Justin Trudeau was a moron before this entire thing started, when you read a tweet like this, you have to think to yourself, how can you be so willfully blind? They have... He says, quote, they do not have the right to blockade our economy. Trudeau, what is it that you think that you're doing with your vaccine mandates? What is it that you think you're doing with all of the mandates in your country where people can't go to a store without a vaccine card? What is it you think you're doing where they can't cross the border to do their job because of a vaccine requirement where where if they don't have a vaccine, they can't cross the border? You're saying that these truckers can't do exactly what you have been doing. And the only issue that you have with it now is that the power has shifted. It is no longer all in your camp. And now they're doing things that you don't want them to do. How does it feel to be on the receiving end? How does it feel? And if you can't get the police, and if you can't get the military in Canada to do your bidding for your immoral cause, and it's what it is, folks, this is an immoral cause. Don't give me this public safety nonsense. The Nuremberg Code is clear. Every individual has bodily autonomy. I mean, if you give up your bodily autonomy, what are you not willing to give up? So he tweets this as if he doesn't even recognize he is doing the, he has been doing the exact thing to the people of Canada for the last two years that these truckers have demanded over the last two weeks. It's astonishing astonishing that these are the people that are supposed to be in charge who claim they're the smart ones who claim they are the smart ones and i'd like to finish with this i'd like to finish with this still related to the uh to the whole pandemic sorry this is all pandemic today folks but it's just it it, this is the biggest this is the biggest fight of our of our our time this is this is our our uh our generation's fight it is It, it it truly truly is so this is by paul krugman the little ferret-looking columnist in the New York Times. If you don't read his stuff, don't waste your time. It's not worth your time. If you don't, if you don't have a subscription to the New York Times, don't get one. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's essentially just a uh, an exercise in frustration when you read this and you think to yourself, like, okay, when you say, when people say we need to find common ground, when you read pieces like Paul Krugman's here, you, th- th- what th- there, there's no common ground. We are not living in the same planet. His sky isn't blue. I don't know what it is, but it's not my sky blue, that's for sure. But he calls this piece, What to Do with Our Pandemic Anger. And it's essentially, essentially a, a, an opinion piece written about the fact that he thinks that the unvaccinated need to pay a price. They need to pay, because they didn't follow through. They, they didn't follow the rules. They weren't good rule followers. And it starts off slow. But he says here, this time talking about New York City, the city was able to cope much better in part because a great majority of its residents are vaccinated. And they generally follow the rules about wearing masks in public spaces, showing proof of vaccination before dining indoors, and so on. In other words, New Yorkers have behaved fairly responsibly by U.S. standards. So just that paragraph alone, just that paragraph alone, they generally follow the rules about wearing masks in public spaces. So Again, we've run the experiment. Wearing masks does nothing. We have state-by-state state comparisons. One state has a mass mandate. The other one does. Zero difference. So again, I don't know what world Paul's living in, but it's not mine. Because I can look at the data and say, okay, those two people did the opposite things. It didn't do anything. But he can't see that. But he's writing for the New York Times. He's very important. Then he goes on showing proof of vaccination before dining indoors and so on. So New Yorkers, now that they're required to produce papers before they can sit down and eat a hamburger, that in his mind is a good thing. And this this to me, and one of the reasons that I don't think I'll be going back to New York anytime soon, is the fact that to be surrounded by people that will just hand over their liberty, hand over their liberty for the fake sense of security that some government agency is going to give them, and you get nothing in return, nothing. It's not as though they're guaranteeing you that you're never going to get sick. I mean, in New York City, everybody's double vaxxed, boosted. Everybody still got Omicron. Everybody knew people who were getting sick. They were all double vaxxed. It doesn't matter. But Paul Krugman says it here anyway. He continues: America has done a very poor job of dealing with COVID. We have more deaths as a percentage of population than any other wealth, large, wealthy nation, with the disparity even wider during the Omicron wave than it was before. Why? Because so many Americans haven't behaved responsibly. And here comes the finger wagging from the New York Times. You stupid rubes out there, you chose not to get vaccinated. And now you're making us, the United States, look bad around the world because we have more deaths as a percentage of population than any other wealthy nation in the world. I would say to Paul Krugman, if you're getting your data from the CDC, if you're still believing the nonsense from the CDC, which needs to be disbanded torn down it is a laughing stock it has lost all credibility with the american people anybody who's paying attention who has the ability to cr- critically think whatsoever looks at the cdc and laughs when i see rochelle wolinski on tv i laugh when i see fauci from the nih and the naid i laugh as if these people on tv Spouting their pronouncements to all of us are still supposed to have some shred of credibility after two years of being wrong again and again and again. And not only being wrong, but being wrong in an arrogant, smug, condescending way to the fact that you, they can't just sit down and say, you know what, we tried, we made a couple of mistakes, we're sorry. We're sorry. That would go a long way to rehabbing whatever shred of credibility they have left, and they really don't have any. They really don't have any. They certainly don't have any with me. Anybody who can think for themselves should not look at these organizations and think to themselves that they're worth anything. I saw a tweet this morning. If the past two years has showed us anything, it is that government is completely useless. Completely useless. I would completely agree with that statement. The only place that I would say they provide some value is in the military infrastructure. Because if we didn't have that, then we'd be overrun by some other foreign agent who wanted to take us over. So Paul Krugman continues, he says, I know I'm not alone in feeling angry about this irresponsibility of those who have not been vaccinated, which has been encouraged by politicians and other public figures. There are surely many Americans feeling simmering rage against the majority that has placed the rest of us at risk and degraded the quality of our national life. Paul, do you think the vaccines work? Because if you do, and you're convinced, double vax, boosted, got your mask, what difference does it make when anybody else does? I don't go to the gym and complain that I'm not getting results because you don't go to the gym. That's on me. And again, this whole part of the, I'm, I'm going to be part of the solution for the greater good. Go back to the Nuremberg Code. Once you start talking about the greater good, you're in violation of the Nuremberg Code. Nobody should even listen to you beyond that. It is about individual bodily autonomy. Nobody can do to your body what you don't want done to it. Paul. But keep writing your nonsensical, ridiculous trash in the New York Times and the idiots on the Upper West Side will continue to uh, applaud you. Okay. Before we get out of here today, you know what we have to do? We have to do the... Whoops. (laughs) Whoops the woke word of the day. Oh, (laughs) hi. Oh, this is Paul Krugman. I'm your, uh, I'm your resident idiot for the day. So I decided to come, come in and, um, to come in and do the woke word of the day. And the woke word of the day is, is feminist. Ah, feminist. Feminist. (laughs) Feminist. I keep hitting the wrong button. (laughs) Feminist. Ah, feminist. Feminist is someone who believes that men and women should be equal and that men should die. Ah, (laughs) feminist. Uh, This has been Paul Krugman. I stopped by today to uh, do the woke word of the day on the Ritz Report, but don't worry. I'll be back again. I certainly, certainly, certainly will. It's been good visiting you with you. Ta-ta. Please continue to read my trash in the New York Times. Okay, folks, and to finish off on a high note, of course, we want to make sure that we uh, exercise our intellect by listening to our dear, dear fearless leader. Hero of the stupid. We choose truth over facts. uh, This is a good one. I I might point out, you're... uh, Oh, yeah, there he is. I went to Dearborn driving that, uh, you know... There he is. uh, It was up there. I don't know, man. it, uh that intellect i think the press thought i was crazy i enjoyed sharp so intellect going up and uh, your new ev factory <laughs> and uh, and that uh, that hummer oh yeah <laughs> man you are one pathetic loser <laughs> we choose truth over facts <clears throat> are you kidding me <laughs> 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 COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's I mean, you think about think it. Think about it. <laughs> there he is, folks, President of the United States. Thanks, Joe. The man with the nuclear football, the man with the codes, the man who is in charge of all of our futures. <laughs> If that doesn't keep you awake at night sweating, I don't know what will. I don't know what will. Thanks for joining me today on The Rich Report, Tuesday, February 8th, 2022. Please do me a favor. Do me a fat solid, because we are here together sharing this time, and I certainly appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come here and visit with me. Please use that share button on your phone and share this Podcast with some of your friends who are informed, who are uninformed, who stare at the carpet, who talk to their dog all day long, whoever they may be, I think that they could benefit from a little bit of the Ritz Report in their life, in their life. And one other thing, if I could ask you, give me a review on one of the platforms wherever you download this podcast, whether it be Apple iTunes or iHeartRadio or Stitcher or... E-tune or where the heck it is, <laughs> give me a review. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. Until next time, please send me notes of adoration and love or pure hatred to ritz at ritzreport.com. Ritz at ritzreport.com. Check me on the socials at ritzreport. And, 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 as always, my friend, as always, until next time, let's go, Brandon. <laughs>